have you ever like seen somebody who like normally like you would not be like attracted to, but like they just but they just do it and like you, there's like this one feature about them and you like really can't like articulate why you think they're attractive, so you just like kind of focus on the one feature and you're like, oh, like those ears, <laughs> like I, I like bonsai. You can't eat a bag. It's Watch just, him. It's not going to happen. I don't have time to take you to the animal hospital. <laughs> um, but, like, so, for example, um, Michael B. Jordan from uh-huh. Black Panther. Yeah. Um, uh, from Friday Night Lights, first of all. Friday Night Lights. Okay, Bonsai's, Bonsai's a big fan, too. Um, Who is like, <laughs> Coach Taylor. <laughs> Clear eyes, Bonsai. Clear eyes. Oh, he's, hold on. He's stuck in the bag. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to rescue you all the time. <laughs> okay, so. No. 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 Okay, so, so anyways, getting back to it. So Michael B. Jordan, again, hot, but I don't okay. know what to point to. Like, yes, he has great hair. Um, so I just say ears. He has great ears. <laughs> um, Sorry, who? Michael, who has great ears? He's a, an actor from from Black Panther and some other stuff. He's he was in the new yeah. Apollo movies. Um, you know, handsome fellow, great ears, okay. great and ears. Then, like, apparently, like Bob Morley from The Hundred, like hot. And I'm always just like freckles and very smooth skin. Bonsai, you're ruining my talk about hot guys. Let me have this moment. Oh my god, he's literally stuck in another bag. Shaheen, and I am joined today, as always, by my lovely co-host, Joe. Hello. And our equally lovely guest, Bubs. Hey. And we're talking about The Expanse, continuing our rewatch, or, I mean, first time we're doing it on the podcast, but we've watched it before, so for us, it's rewatch. Spoilers. <laughs> of season three of The Expanse, um, and we're doing episodes five and six today. So, um, as usual, you can fa- find us on SoundCloud um, or iTunes. That's probably you found where you found us. Uh, you can find us on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have a Twitter handle, Maybe Geek Again, um, where Joe is there. <laughs> I like the ambiguous where Joe is. Lots of great tweets. I deleted my Facebook and I deleted it, not deactivated. I deleted oh, it. Oh shit. And, and they gave me a file that's supposedly everything I ever did on Facebook is in this file. It's a huge Is it file embarrassing? On my hard drive. I don't I can't read it. It's encoded or something. But I, they huh. said that maybe like if you Open a Facebook account again. Maybe you can import it. I don't know. But anyway, so I, I deleted the whole thing. But I have a Twitter, but I still have to, don't go there. Um, this anyway, is the so. greatest social media explanation I've ever heard, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, I'm Amish, but... <laughs> I used to be very active on Facebook, um, but yeah. So you can email us at maywegeekagain at gmail.com also, um, and we'll be happy to respond to you. So uh, 
before we get into the whole thing about the expanse and the episodes um to honor the tradition on maybe geek again what's everyone drinking I'm I'm boring and and just drinking um, some like flavored soda water stuff because I have a headache. Huh. Oh, are, is it Lacroix? Um, no, it is Waterloo. Thank you very much. Um, because I have not gone to Costco or Target where the good Lacroix is. Well, um, apparently it causes <laughs> cancer. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, there's like some ingredient in it that's like technically like um, a pesticide or I don't know something. Um, if it's real news and not just someone on a blog writing about nonsense health things like toxins. <laughs> but this is what I heard so, at the water cooler at work. <laughs> so strong, maybe. Mm. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I'm drinking ice water. Oh. I was wondering whose glass was clinking. Reason. What? Why are you drinking ice water? So for a very non-boring reason. <laughs> huh. Um. Yeah, because I, uh, I just uh, con- uh, inhaled a, a bunch of stuff that um, I just, yeah, this just feels good. <laughs> so, wink, 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 wink. air and other stuff. <laughs> yeah. There were some particulates there in the some... air. You may possibly have receptors in your brain for them. I don't know. I'm yeah, a scientist. Yeah, some fl- what uh, old chemists would call phlogisticated air. Phlogisticated. Mm. Phlogistic. Yeah, you know the phlogiston theory? <laughs> no. I, yeah. Phlogiston theory was... All a, the time. Was, was uh, theory in chemistry in the 18th, 19th century uh, that said that um, there's this substance called the phlogiston that is what leaves bodies when they burn. So what you perceive as fire is the substance called phlogiston leaving the body. This is a serious scientific theory. And people would try to, like, deflagisticate air, like, take phlogiston out of air and stuff like that. And different things that, like, when they call, when they said deflagisticated air, we, we say oxygen today. Um, <laughs> um, I wonder it, so. what, like, what our science now, like, good science, not like anti-vaxxers and, like, crazy people science, oh but, like, established accepted science of today will be the phlogistics and and humors of the future yeah this is called the pessimistic meta induction or sometimes just the pessimistic induction of course it was (laughs) so you're drinking ice water (laughs) is the idea that uh exactly that if you look at the history of science all successful theories have been wrong so don't be too hopeful about (laughs) our current scientific theories Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm drinking ice water. What are you drinking, Bubs? Um, actually, it was my birthday on Tuesday. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. Birthday um, <laughs> and Joe and Capital Chick, who you've heard on this podcast, um, sent me some booze via Drizzly. We panicked that morning. We had talked about sending you something like days before. And then that morning at like 7 a.m. CC messaged me and was like, fuck, it's Bubs' birthday. And I was like, fuck. Well, I wasn't involved in this. Because um, it was 7 a.m. and we were panicking, Shaheen. Um, oh. But Bubs is about to tell us. It wasn't anything exciting. It was like two, two things of beer. Um, yeah, and one, so I'm drinking the Boom Sauce. Yes. Which is obviously. a New England IPA. So the reason I bought, I chose that one was specifically for the name, the brewery name, hmm. Lord Hobo. Lord Hobo Brewing Company of New England. 
Lord Hobo Boom Sauce. Like, how am I not gonna? <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised you got me an IPA. Being like I, the anti IPA. I know it like hurt my soul. Coalition. <laughs> it. Mm. I actually assumed that like Capital Chick chose this one for me. No, and you no, gave me the Lafe because you know we both love that one. Um, I this was me on Drizzly at the crack of dawn like, trying to make sense of everything as I drank my coffee. And I was like, which ones can they get to you? Mm. <laughs> and then I saw Lord Hobo Boom Sauce and was like, like yep. well, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. Um, is it good? <laughs> it is good. It is really Excellent. good. It's very juicy. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Beer is that, wet. It feels right. <laughs> beer is wet. And it has the juices, the beer juices. <laughs> Ooh. I, I'm sure I just sounded, made it sound very appetizing. We're definitely going to get I mean, you are drinking meal. Lord Hobo's beer juice, so... Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a really cute can. Like, it's... Do they ring it through a sock? I don't... I mean, I guess that's what an IPA tastes like. Uh, <laughs> drum snare. Oh, uh, yum. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, thank you very much for my beer. And Jaheen, you were part of the process in spirit. And thank you very much, too. Uh, we actually did. I was like... I didn't do shit. Well, okay. that's then that's like the best effort made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I don't even know how you segue that. Note, that. <laughs> um, I swear we'll get to the expanse, uh, but we have one more thing to talk about. Um, Joe has some announcement. Oh yeah! Um, since we probably won't be back before be be back doing another recording before um, it happens. Uh, Early January, myself, uh, Bub, Cece, and a bunch of other um, lovely Twitter people uh, will be heading to Vancouver because why? Who doesn't want to go to Vancouver in January um, for the Unity Days uh, Hundred Fan Convention? Um, I don't have any more details to offer that except uh, that I will be on a panel on Sunday uh, because Aaron from Metastation is uh, going to be actually doing real panels with the actors and she was worried about having low blood sugar and so um, she graciously uh, offered me up um, to fill in for her on the meta panel of other podcasters I think Um, and so I'm just going to talk a bunch of shit and probably get yelled at because I'm going to talk bunch of shit about Kane, and it's going to be great. Um, I expect <laughs> if, if you listen to the podcast and you are at that panel, um, I welcome any and all heckling. Um, for me, don't heckle the other people. Like, I don't want to offer them, you know, up for that. But by all means, you know, yell at me and tell me, tell us how terrible we are. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. Any other details, Bubs? I'm going to bring plastic fruit to throw at you. Amazing. Amazing. Make sure it's solid. Like, I don't want any of that, like, air-filled bullshit. Like, I, I want welts. I want something that I can point to and say, you see this? And have people, like, not, like, have to squint and go, like, see what? And I'm like, no, no. Like, I want blood. All right. Um, so, yeah, Unity Days. Yeah. Vancouver, January 3rd, 4th? For the third and final. Third and final Unity Days. Yes. Which oh, they threatened wow. that last year, but we'll see. So yeah, all right. Yeah, Unity Days. Cool. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I won't be there. Sorry. Um. um yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the Expanse. <laughs> um. Okay. So as I said, we're talking about three hundred five and three hundred six of the Expanse. Um. Three hundred five is called Triple Point. Writer. Uh. Write, written by <laughs> Georgia Lee and directed by Jeff Woolno. And three hundred six is. Immolation, 
written by Alan DeFiore and also directed by Jeff Wolnow. So, um, let's get into overall takes. Um, Bobs, you want to go first? Um, yes, I, these two episodes were great, especially together, um, because they kind of played out like one little movie, um, to the extent that, so I rewatched this morning, um, so that it was fresh, but I didn't take notes because it was too cold and I didn't want to take my arms out of the blanket. So by the time (laughs) I got home, I could not remember like which parts happened in which episodes because it was so cohesive. So, um, yeah, but I really enjoyed, like I... On first rewatch, I just remember this is like, I, I really liked the first few episodes, but this is the one that like actually made me sit up. I love the mutiny scene. Um, and it was great on rewatch too. Um, I was just really sad when Kotiar, what's his name? Kotiar? I can never say it. Kotiar? Yeah. I was sad about that. Um, but yeah, I love these two episodes. I think they're some of the best from the show. I, yeah, I would, I would agree. Cool. Um, you agree, Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, at least in terms of, like, I prefer the back half of this season, certainly to the, to the, to the front half, um, and I kind of liked that there was, it it did feel like a movie in the sense of the payoff, um, of, like, uh, 305 with, uh, Katoa saying soon, like, as he's, like, (laughs) being a hybrid trying to break out of the, like, um, you know, chamber or whatever. And usually in a TV show, if somebody's saying soon, like, that's something that you're gonna watch for, like, as, like, a season finale to be like, oh, what the fuck? But instead, they kind of did a mid-season finale, and so the soon was, you know, at the very end of the next episode when, you know, the ring begins to emerge, um, from Venus. So I, I, I appreciated that sort of, like, mini-movie like payoff that we got and yeah. it wasn't even like is it halfway i think it's like a third of the way is because i was reading a what is the av club summary because it's trying to remember what what episode had what happened <laughs> and what um and it is like it is kind of like a mini finale but if we're only like like about three quarters of the way through the season which is like incredible <laughs> yeah it was yeah, yeah. but you shaheen i um I agree with everything that you said. Um, I, uh, I I have to say though, I, it wasn't clear to me that that was a ring at the end of three o six. At three o seven, I was a little confused when I saw the ring because it looked like a little balloon or something. Uh, but anyway, it looked kind of um, like a jellyfish to me, like a creepy yeah. metal jellyfish. I mean, a jellyfish also kind of looks like a balloon. Yeah, it is like very like at times like organic seeming and like at other times just like very future tech, which is very cool. Because it's that that's like its thing, right? Like it like can work with whatever organic material it has. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Very we'll, neat. We'll uh, talk more about this probably <laughs> in the podcast. Um, but yeah, so uh, I I agree with that. Uh, I just had a comment about a different aspect of what I noticed watching these episodes, especially with the mutiny that you mentioned, Bob, mm. um, was I didn't, I, on first watch and even on second watch, I still don't know all the characters and, and don't like necessarily track. Uh, this is the same person that also did that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in part, I think because there's just, there's so many of them. It's a very rich tapestry of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, um, so some of the significance or gravity of things are kind of lost when you don't really uh, 
know these characters much. And like when that, you know, um, that guy is relieved of command, uh, you know, or relieved of duty, or then there's a mutiny or whatever, that only has importance for you if you care about the characters or know who they are. Mm-hmm. So I got more of that on second watch. And, um, yeah, I felt like it was um, a good pair of episodes in terms of how much stuff happened. Yeah, the show's always really good on second watch because a lot is going on. Like, you have to pay attention. And it is a little bit, being like a space opera type thing, it is sometimes hard to keep track of you. I totally agree with that. And, like, sometimes you'll, like, meet a a character who is only super fucking important for, like, three episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're like, I did not bother to learn your name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And okay. even on rewatch, and they I'm don't like, mention the names too many times. Yeah. Either, so. But I think they, they yeah. do a really good job of when we do have new characters come in, like, it doesn't feel like they're just there to have new characters, you know? Like, it does feel like they're mm-hmm. in for a purpose. Like, and it's part of, like, the whole fabric of the show. Um, so I think that, like, I, I feel like that they do a good job with that. Like nothing feels like superfluous or just because they're trying to add more faces. Like I do. Yeah. I think that they do yeah. a good job with it. I think that some of the characters also have uh, more presence in the books. Like you hear more about them in the books, but in the show, did you read the books? Time. No, but I know that some of them, uh, I read about the show sometimes and I know that some of the characters are, you know, there's more about them in the books that just mm-hmm. didn't get mentioned on the show. So you think this, person just appeared for 10 seconds but they're in the book there's more about the background or what else they did or whatever mm-hmm. so so that's probably why they look real because they actually have a background um so um okay let's get into the episodes i mean we will go sort of chronologically i mean episode wise five and then six but this will contain Spoilers from all of season three, mm-hmm. um, as usual, as always. Uh, and we'll jump back and forth so there's no strict thing, but, you know, we'll just go through it. Um, so starting with, you know, 505, um, we have uh, people going to IO and they say we'll nuke it if there are hybrids. Uh, and then there's the M- M- MCRN ship Hammurabi, which I had a I, I had a, this an interesting name. Uh, I had some comments about that, but we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think? Who are the shady motherfucker motherfuckers, Joe? Fuck, I don't remember. I just remember watching and being like, <laughs> "Those dudes are fucking shady." I don't remember why I made that note. It must have been at the beginning of the episode. Um, uh who was being shady? <laughs> was it some? Was it people on the? Was it I Agatha? Was it on I? On the on the, maybe on the Hammurabi. Maybe uh, on the Hammurabi. Yeah, I don't remember. Somebody's being the captain was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And well, I thought that like on Io, it was I, shit. but like again, I don't know what episode. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't what, remember when they decide <laughs> to because um, like Katoa can no longer communicate. And so they decide, like, you know, we saw, like, Mao, like, kind of bonding with May, And you think, like, oh, he's she's, like, pulling his humanity out of him because she probably reminds him of his own kids. Um, yeah. 
And then, like, you see, like, the whole Katoa development. And when he can't communicate anymore, they're so, like, they're so, <laughs> yeah. they have, like, such a boner for, like, information that, like, he's like, well, the next, like, candidate is May. Um, and he's like, yeah. he, you see him, like, think about it. He's like, oh, damn. Like, okay, let's do it. Like, <laughs> it took two seconds. Yeah. He's like, well. That's why I was like, I don't know which one is weaker, Mao's morals or Aaron Wright's security. Um, that message is all over the galaxy. This guy's like, <laughs> pick a better password, message, dude. dude. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I so, respect anyway. Mao more because, like, you could save lives by having more information. But like, if you're just like having a boner about like your power, that's I feel like different. Sorry, I've already said boner twice. It's been like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, everyone on IO is fucking shady. That's oh, fair. That's like, maybe that was it. Maybe I was just saying shady motherfuckers to the people of Aya. <laughs> yeah. Well, that um, one doctor is so shady. He's the one that, like, he has no... No, he's, like, super, super shady. Like, if like he either has the face of mad scientist who experiments on children or, like, sex pervert. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. like that's the though? vibe that I caught. While I was watching that, I was like, God, he reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Was he either a mad scientist who experimented on children or a sex well, pervert? He ended up going to Harvard Med. I don't. I think he's done now. Um, so who knows? <laughs> so I wish hard best maybe. luck. Either or inclusive. Um, yeah, no, that's why everyone, as soon as he started talking, everyone was like, "Shut the fuck up! You, you don't sound, you don't sound trustworthy at all." Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Aaron Rice's message, um, so I this Hammurabi ship, um, which again I haven't come. No, well, just say your fucking comment, Jesus Christ. Well, let me just say this: I thought that what the captain said at first was exactly right when she was like, "Dude, I'm not gonna send some message that might be forged or whatever that you got from the enemy, and they told you to tell us to send it." I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what this if, if, what effect this is gonna have, especially coming from us. So reasonable I'm not caution. Send this to shit. So get out of here. That's exactly how a captain in, should behave in a war. I think. So. I think so too. But I think it's like in that scene. There's like a lot going on. Um, they find out like who is on that ship, and it, it is like the enemies. But it's like so. Enough has gone on at that point that, like, people know about. That, like, they're saying, like, James Holden was there. Um, the defector. Abbasarala was there. Abbasarala was there. It starts to, like, I feel like sometimes, you know, when people say, like, their gut instinct, I think sometimes it's, like, our brain is processing things on a different level. And it's kind of being like, wait, wait. Like, all of those people are there. All of those people who have, like, a stellar history um, who, yes, we had this problem with this person, this person, but like when you put it all together, the probability of all of those people suddenly banding together and just working, being wires out in space. Yeah. It just like, it starts to like, kind of like niggle at you and you're just like, wait. So I feel like that w- was what yeah. went on in that scene where she's like, she's thinking about it. She's reflecting like, yes, we have this thing that can be complete bullshit, but why? Like, why would what, it be bullshit why, for like, yeah. these major people? Exactly. Like, how did right. this come together? That they're working together. They sent me this. Like, what is the end game for them? Um, and I think it's like the the shallow answer is like, well, a lot of them are from Earth, and that's a defector. And blah. but like, it just it still doesn't like feel right. Like, it feels like something else is going on. And I think that is why she sends yeah. it on, and that is why she like approaches with caution. Um, 
And they also seem pe- like people who are not necessarily loyal to Earth either. Yeah. Uh, they're somehow outcasts or whatever. Yeah. Misfits. Uh, Misfits. But I also think that the uh, the captain, the captain of Hammurabi, Captain Kirino, I think that's what her name is. How the fuck do you remember her name? And then you put, <laughs> and you didn't put I Anna, know. you said, shit, what did you call her? I mean, her name is not worth remembering. <laughs> the that's charity writer lady. Yeah, <laughs> char- charity writer lady. <laughs> Like, her name is Anna. It is four letters. <laughs> Anna. Possibly Whatever, even dude. three. I haven't looked. It may just be A-N-A, but still, charity writer lady. The f- most failed character. Oh, anyway, my so she, um, anyway, the Catherine Hammurabi, I think, was just kind of personally um, inclined towards, like, maybe this war is bullshit and maybe we can end it, you know, already. So she kind of. That's why she did what she did with the uh, Agatha King. I, I kind of like that they know. had that discussion, though, where, like, she was talking with, I think, her second and was basically just like, you know, we don't want war. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's not that. Like, if ever you can avoid it, avoid it. Yeah. And I kind there's, of appreciate every war, that. There's always people in every step who are saying, uh, we don't want to. Escalate, and there are some people who say, are saying we don't want to look weak. Yeah, and there's always this choice that you have to make. That's why more um, women should be in charge because we're not socialized that way. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, women are less aggressive, but they're also more prone to the uh, Milgram effect. So the what effect? The Milgram effect. The uh, you know the effect of when you tell tell someone. When especially a figure of authority tells them to do something, how far are they willing to go? You know, the thing with the, like, the shocks, electric shocks. Yeah, that's why you put them in authority. So that doesn't happen. Because <laughs> then they won't order people to shock They're other people. They're not good at taking orders. They're good at giving them. <laughs> well, yeah, but you always have a superior who will tell you what to do. Um, we don't see it that way. Like we have the number one cooperators, in the <laughs> teammates. Oh my god! I feel like we're we're step we're stepping in in a in a minefield. I know, and totally. People is. are going to yell at me on Twitter about this. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you love the what, drama. because of gender issues? Oh no, I'm I'm just kidding. Like we don't have anyone oh. who actually listens to the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah, so Hammurabi is... Can I make my comment now? Yes! yes. <laughs> so Hammurabi um, is the name of a Babylonian king um, who conquered Assyria. So you would think that is a ruthless king who... A conqueror. take over. So this ship that's called Hammurabi is, is missioned, is tasked to go check out Agatha King or take it over or whatever, and they totally can take it over. Because um, it's Mars is badass, <laughs> and they so you would think, oh, they they have the ability like Hammurabi to take over this whole uh, collection of islands. It's called the Gothic King, um, and so anyway, he took over sorry Assyria, but he also established a code, a sort of uh, rule of law that's called the Hammurabi Code, and it includes. Uh, descriptions of like punishments and retribution and things like that and um, you know in some ways it's, it seems brutal um, but the punishment the, the, pun- the punishments by contemporary lights are pretty harsh 
but uh, but it also has presumption of innocence in it, and it puts some sort of framework on how what a victim can do to the perpetrator, um, and so this was like a, a human it also established humanitarian rule. So he's basically Daenerys, the mother of dragons. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Breaker of chains. So that's also yeah. I get. I I wonder why. Um, I wonder if that has to do with, you know, what Captain Kirino did with, with um, pardoning everyone in Assyria, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Agatha King. Well, but anyway, so, so, like bird walking off of that, like what made him that way? Because it's not, people aren't just born with that perspective to like make these rules. I like, I feel like there's an interesting story there. <laughs> yeah. You've piqued my interest um, in this Hammurabi. Yeah, there's always um, the question of individual versus history. Like, how much credit does he get? Maybe this was something that anyone would have done. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. or maybe someone on his staff pushed it. Or, like, I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of period pieces and stuff like that, it's usually some sort of, like, wise prostitute um, <laughs> that, like, you know, they have some sort of, like, deep post-coital conversation and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> something something he has an epiphany um i don't know anyway sorry i'm, I'm getting off track i'm just making shit up now i mean mary yeah. magdalene right <laughs> see i'm just saying sorry what were we talking about shaheen <laughs> uh just hammurabi uh any other comments about hammurabi or the captain or what happened um, um like the mutiny or just her decision to, to well to send yeah on, her, on their side and then we'll talk about the mutiny on the I, I like that side. she's like she's strategic but it is like positive strat in, in that like you know she's like don't fire like we could obviously like just blow them all out of the water right now but like we'll re- we'll unite them against us like I don't yeah. it was just like so I don't know I I liked that sort of they did a good job juxtaposing her with whoever the fuck was in charge on the Agatha King. Um, I cannot I cannot remember his name because there are too many characters, too many names. Um, and I think I recognize him from something else. So like I'm like I don't remember. Um, but like he is just like we're fucking doing this and like doing shady shit with Io and like whatever. And you know she is very measured and. Um, you know, thoughtful about the whole thing. And so, you know, it yeah. was a good juxtaposition of people who want to try to save lives and those who just kind of forge ahead regardless of sort of anything that, that gets thrown in their way. And I, I do like not to go back to like the like the masculine versus feminine response, but I do think there is commentary then there because um, they say his name so weird. I would say Nguyen, but he says that like, what does he say? Oh, wait, is he Vietnamese? Nguyen? Nguyen? Is that how you say it? I think so. I've never been corrected. I went to school with several Nguyen's, so like, or Nguyen's, anyways. I um, think. I could be totally wrong. It could just be the way that my one Vietnamese friend pronounced no, it. I think that, so. No, I think that's Augusto. right. I think that's Nguyen? Right. Let's just call him Augusto. Augusto. <laughs> well, so <laughs> they're in the, um, the intro. I cannot remember who was telling this story, but... Um, they're talking about him and how he, at the hands of um, the Martians, saw thousands of his thousands of his soldiers die, and so it's like there's a setup of the story that 
he has this um, revenge to pay, basically, to Mars. And we see him do yeah. that in the second episode. Well, no, at the end of the first um, at the end of 505 or 305. Wow. Um, and so there, there is like, you understand he's not just doing something to do it. Like you can follow the narrative of revenge and like, um, justice for the people he saw die. Um, but like, that yeah. is kind of like the, the, ma- like the typically masculine response of like revenge and like being strong and just like. Stay the course, no yeah. matter the consequence. Yeah. yeah. Don't belay weakness. Uh, some, yeah. some say that every act of evil can be reinterpreted as a tragedy. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. you kind of look at that when, when you actually get to the mutiny uh, in this episode, and, like, can we talk about that? Is that okay? Am I allowed to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, where, like, <laughs> A, they set up this mutiny, and sort of, you know, the, the expectation that you have going into that is... We're on, we know that like dude in charge of the Agatha King is being, is a prick and like he's not being completely honest with people and he's like got some shady shit going on. So like we're on the side of the mutineers. Like we're on, we've hung out with, with dude who was relieved of his, of his uh, command. Like he's cool slash frenemies with uh, Avasarala. Like we're on their side, right? Yeah. And then it fails. And like, uh, you know, that's not that's not the normal sort of thing that happens with TV or movies or media. Like, the good guys win. And in this case, the good guys <laughs> got slaughtered and shit went horribly. And, I mean, things still ended up going poorly for everyone on the Agatha King because, you know, like, irony of ironies, the fucking missiles hit them. Well, um, it, it didn't, like, it didn't end well. But, like, I think, like, if we... Poetic justice? Well, no, no, no. But, like... <laughs> Some ships were hit by like the the protomolecule thing, mm-hmm. but like if the Martian ship had like fired, like I think there would have been more deaths. They had more firepower. They would have gotten like them and all the ships that like um, retreated. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like it's right. still like in the scheme of war, I think it still was a win. Um, right. I, I just right. meant like I we. I think Joe is talking about the oh. fact that. The all the you know oh on that solidarity on yeah. he- heroism of the people who were like yeah we're behind you the yeah. we're doing good we're guy, gonna the commander yeah and then um, and then they fail and you're like oh they all die. but I mean have you watched the hundred I mean what shows what show is this podcast mainly about <laughs> shows where we <laughs> the hundred where nothing ever goes according to fucking yeah plan. nothing ever goes well nothing goes well. Well, when we start talking about humans, things will go well sometimes, but then also not so much. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, this is the podcast. Sometimes things go okay. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> jokes. Um, anything else about the mutiny? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like, it was sad. Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, did... Oh, wait, no, I guess it's a different episode. Never mind. Yeah, no, I have nothing else to add. Um, I mean, anything else about this episode that you want to talk about before we move on to the next? Um, I mean, can we just, like, talk about, like, sort of just a hot miss, uh, a hot mention of Katoa sort of becoming this hybrid who can, like, yeah. talk and shout soon? Honestly, and- I was disappointed because the he didn't reveal any information. What did he say? He didn't say anything. That was useful. I mean, he said soon. It well, was useful to the audience. No, it was maybe. a turning soon point what? because they didn't realize, 
like so they they saw the proto molecule as something that like it, it like seemed to have like a it like they're I'm like not a this. not a brain but like it had directive. It was like an amino acid. It was a building block, but it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't Sentient. a central nervous system um, that was just doing things on purpose. And so when Katoa communicates and he says, "Work the work, we're do- we're doing the work." Um, soon. So it, it like, it's the reveal of intent that there's like actually a plan in motion. It's just Um, not this virus that like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, sure. But without (laughs) knowing what the plan is, how helpful is that? Well, it's helpful because you know, there's like a greater power like at play and it's not just, it's not just like a flesh eating bacteria. It's informative. Like it's intelligent. Yeah, it's informative in the sense that, like, and there aware. is more to it, but unfortunately you don't get much more than there's more to it. You know there's a plan. You just don't know what the plan is. And keep this in mind, by the way, everything you said about the protomolecule having this, <gasps> being this bigger organism. Uh, keep that in mind when we get to my, well, actually. Okay. This matters. <laughs> Sorry, Bob, were you saying something? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I was probably talking to Bonsai because he's being annoying. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so Kat- Katoa, what about him? Oh, just the, like, like that, I mean... It was pretty awesome looking, though. Yeah, it was super cool. Honestly, I pre- I much prefer hybrid Katoa. Like, they just, <laughs> I, you know, with apologies to all the kids in this show, it was not not good. The kids in the show were a low point for me oh. for season three. I didn't think it was... I thought that they acted like kids. Like, kids are awkward. Like, they don't know, like... Social I think they were yet. trying not to be awkward. That was my problem. They were trying to be like charismatic, and I was like, no, oh no. <laughs> I mean, they have to have personality to for the show, you know, for the sake of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can't just be some like boring regular kid. You gotta, just you like gotta, children are meant like, to be seen, not heard. How about neither? Let's just <laughs> we'll just close that door and we'll stay on opposite sides. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I liked that. I'm 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 sad we didn't get to to get you know more research with Mao and Creepy Doctor because you know they were doing cool shit. I guess apart from the fact of being creepy and evil. Um, you know, the whole Katoa thing was, you know, and then he's about in the next episode going to like start to try to fuck some shit up with Bobby. And so, you know, I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Same. We have to talk about Naomi and Holden. Um, yeah. Conversation, by the way. Which one? So. The one where they banged? Uh, well, the one before they banged where they talked about, you ta- you said about their motivations. Um Oh, 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 yeah. yeah find that, out about the kid. And Naomi explained whatever that was. I I don't understand. She gave the protomolecule to the belt because she had a son? I think it in a weird <laughs> sort of roundabout way to, like, protect mm-hmm. the kid. But at the same time... Yeah, that's such a stretched argument that I was, if I was holding I would be like, no, I hate you. Because <laughs> that's, that's a stupid-ass argument. Well, but so I mean, but the assumption was that it was a weapon. So, like, she protection. Yeah, it's like if everyone has nuclear warheads, then nobody has nuclear warheads, sort of. <laughs> well, so but no, that's like a bad argument because then you can say like, oh, everybody has guns, nobody well, has. Yeah, guns. this is the mutual de- short destruction. So, uh, so the conversation story. that they had though, where Holden finally says like, I'm never gonna like what you did, but I can't hate you for doing what you thought was right, mm-hmm. like. 
that's, again, a very common fucking theme that we see in, you know, the hundred over and over and over. Um, mm-hmm. I think but like sci-fi in general. Sci-fi in general, too. Like, pretty Lots much anything where you're like... Tough decisions. T- terrible decisions that are going to, you know, affect, you know, 12 monkeys for that matter, you know, terrible decisions that are going to affect, you know, millions or billions of people or, you know, the entire human race as the the case may be, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and people sort of make these in some ways very often myopic decisions um, that end up like pissing off everyone else. Um, These decisions that come off as incredibly selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... I actually have a really, really hard time personally with that kind of level of forgiveness because I'm like, you know, I'm never going to like what you did, but I can't hate you for doing what you thought was right. I'm like, well, yeah, but except you have poor judgment. So (laughs) what you thought was right was stupid to begin with. Okay. So, okay. So let's pause on this. Okay. Okay. Are you you Um, toning down my rant? (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. Um, So, okay. First of all, are you about to um, philosophy us? Well, this is something I have personal. I have personal feelings about. Okay. This, but okay. If so, okay. So let's say I let's say you do what you think is the best course of action at the time that you're making the decision with the information that you have at the time of the decision, and you think that this is the best thing to do, and it turns out whether knowingly or unknowingly, it hurts me also for some reason Mm -hmm. whether it's something i don't like or it has some consequence that will hurt me is my motivation for the greater good or is my motivation personal whatever it is you just thought this is the best you took everything into account and you that includes you know if we have a relationship you took me into account presumably you think you did so you think (laughs) you made the best decision right with everything you took took into account and it turns out that that hurts me um should you apologize to me? What are you apologizing for? I mean, I understand if you say, I'm sorry that it hurt you because I care about you. And the fact that it hurt you makes me sad or makes me upset or makes me feel bad. But uh, but I'm not going to apologize because I did what I thought was best. I mean, I think I think you kind of get into there. There are way too many variables because it's like, did I end up, did I end up hurting you in a way that I could not foresee? Like was, right. you know, which is very part different. part of you that knew it wasn't a good idea or, you know. Yeah, like it's very different than I know that this will fuck you over, but sorry, still going to do it anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And so, you know, Naomi kind of, I think, I think that the biggest issue with what Naomi did as far as the rest of them go is that she kept it from them. Hmm. And I, you know, and I think that that's something that I that I made a note of in the next episode where sort of Naomi's character growth is that, you know, when they are going to ask Fred Johnson to shoot down the protomolecule missiles, that they make it a collective sort of decision so that, you know, everybody, you know, gets a say in that bullshit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, yeah, like I... I have a hard yeah. time being forgiving enough to to sort of the level that Holden is trying to be. Mm-hmm. But maybe I I'm like just what a you said jerk. about poor judgment. That's so that is a criticism of her virtues, not the particular action. So presumably you're not upset at the action. You're just upset that she has poor judgment, which means but she can't help you that. Think that she has failed the duty of self improvement and, and, uh, 
you know, inculcating virtues in herself. She's failed to be, have, have good enough judgment as a person of her age or position should. I'm also like, I also have a hard time with the surprise. I have a hidden child explanation of like motivation. (laughs) I'm just like, well, here's the thing though. You'd already left your kid. So no, she didn't leave him. I thought the, the dad took the kid. Oh, did the dad take the kid? Yeah, I think so. Well, whatever. Yeah, but didn't she get, didn't that get resolved? I don't know. Mm. Point is, surprise kid, as far as a writing choice goes, I'm always just kind of like, I sort of squint a little and roll my eyes at the writers. But you squint and roll your eyes at all kids. I know, I know. No one's ever going to please it. No, no, the kids in, in in the Haunting of Hill House were great. They were, oh, okay. Well, except for the oldest brother. He was annoying. But anyway, sorry. I digress. <laughs> I should not be allowed to talk about kids in movies, TV show. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Like, would you be able to forgive that? Like, I mean, I think that believably at that point, like, there's so much shit has gone on, like, that things like that kind of get smaller and smaller. Um so from that perspective, yeah, I think like at first I'd be very upset and then I'd see all the shit that was going on and be like, well, I mean, Priorities. what are we going to do? We're <laughs> yeah. Well, just in general, though, in life, like not necessarily, you know, oh, giving Fred, Fred Johnson the mm-hmm. proto molecule, like in life, are you easily able to forgive people sort of on the basis of you were doing what you thought was right? It Even depends how much it was I like fucking them. wrong. I, the people who I like more, I will give more leeway to, um, <laughs> because it's true though. Like it's it's like you know you have like a like the friends that you really like 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 they'll do something like terrible and you're like, I'm sure they had a reason. Versus like somebody you don't like does something terrible and you're like, I knew asshole. It. I knew it that they're they're the person I thought they were. <laughs> like, you know. So I mm-hmm. think it's it's really hard to be objective about it, and I think like in the human condition, like. Yeah, I guess I could forgive someone if I like if I they had enough qualities I found redeeming, and I still wanted them to be a part of my life. Um, yeah, I guess so. What about you, Shaheen? I'm sorry. What is the question? Like, would you? Are you in your personal life more able to sort of see that? Well, they thought that they were doing the right thing. I try. I mean, uh, this is has relevance exactly to my life right now is, uh, you know, I have to, uh, I have to give the person, um, a chance to explain it from their perspective. And if I hear enough to be convinced that, um, they thought what was at their best capacity at the time with the information that they had and, and the judgment that they thought was best, then I, well, I mean, I might want them to, maybe if I was personally hurt, but by what what they did, I might also want some emotional appeals from them, some sort of you know, gesture to make amends or something. But I would try to not be, uh, not judge them or be angry at them because I think if I if I'm convinced that they did what they thought was best, but. It's possible it happens when I hear from someone their explanation and I think that is just bullshit. 
bad explanation. <laughs> like you, you knew, you clearly knew you could do better even at the time. You didn't give me enough to tell me that you couldn't do better. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then yeah, I would be upset with them. But again, the que- it's interesting because I feel like, am I upset with what they did or am I upset with the fact that they have poor judgment? Right? Um, like, it kind of, I, I'm much more upset to, like, sort of learn that, like, someone's an idiot. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's like a per, like if, but it goes back to like what I said, like if they have enough other qualities, then I'm like, yeah, they're an idiot. I won't like have them work on this part of whatever this was that they fucked up. I'm sorry. Like I can't move, but like this whole conversation is just beating the drum of Kane, Kane, Kane in my head. I'm like, nope, nothing, nothing to be redeemed there. Scarred us. We just, that's all we see in all these. (laughs) Yes. You're trying to do your best, but holy shit, you do not learn. So does he try to do his best? Like, I think he he thinks, I think he thinks he is. But I don't know how you could be so lacking in self-reflection. Well, here's one way to think about it. Do you think there's a part of him that knows this is a bad idea? I, I think that he is so blinded by his sort of idea that he is altruistic and good. So any he has decision... Thin stank now. He has sorry, what? We're talking about Marcus Kane from The 100, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just so sorry, listeners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still bitter. <laughs> Sorry, let's move on. I'm sorry. Right. I took us down like a huge, long journey that ended no, no, at Marcus No, no, this Kane. is cool because no, you're saying this is the same with Naomi, right? Sorry, go ahead, Bobs. Oh, I was just going to say, no, this I, this is like a recurring thing with characters. Like if we go back to Finn, it's like the thing is like – we can even like apply this to Anna in a sense, um, especially in these like the past few episodes. I'm it's sorry, like, you mean Charity Writer Lady? Charity Writer Lady. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, so it's this idea that you think you're good and you, you reflect on how you're a good person. You want good things for other people, you, whatever, whatever. And so because that's how you see yourself, um, when something comes up where you make like a selfish decision or like the easy decision or, um, the short-sighted decision, you're f- immediately forgiving yourself because you have this perception that you are good. So mm-hmm. that means that, like, even if you did something that was technically bad, and you can even, like, recognize that it's bad, but because you're a good person, like, you justify it by being like, well, but, like, guys, you know me. Like, I'm, like, a good person. Like, yes, I did this shitty thing. Um, But, mm-hmm. like, you know that I'm a good – like, you know – and so, like, yeah. it, it is, like, a character type that, like, I think is... But it becomes right. a crutch. Well, no, no, no. But I'm saying it's it's not portrayed as a good hubris? thing ever. It's is that the vice of hubris? Kind of. Like, moral hubris. Yeah. Um, I would say one thing, for sure. If you know that your decision and your uh, what you perceive as being right affects a large number of people... Um, you should probably be more skeptical. You should probably not be so certain about what you think is right as to be, uh, as to be willing to, um, sacrifice like, I don't know, uh, thousands or hundreds or millions or whatever people or any number, you know, like if, if your decision affects anyone else, I guess you should have more 
put more consideration into your mm-hmm. and values like, and, and be more skeptical towards your values because this i mean this happens in personal life too when people um just they just for some reason think that something is not right or whatever uh or sinful or whatever and they ruin their own lives and other people's lives who are close to them because they are so certain about their own Mm-hmm. Uh, well, f- values or what they find to be right. I feel like what you're like uh, to, to piggyback off what you're saying. It's just like, if it's just a decision that affects you. Yeah, fine. Be as sort of, you know, hubristic, uh, do you, and, you know, uh, <laughs> just do self-righteous, you. self-righteous as you want to be. And then as your sort of decision affects larger and larger and larger numbers of people, um, yeah, be more skeptical, be less sure of your own rightness. Um, but I think that that also kind of gets in problem with these people. Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of the problem of certainly, um, with, uh, Esteban, um, you know, he oddly enough doesn't have the self-confidence and we'll kind of get into this in the next episode. He doesn't have the self-confidence to make these decisions. Oh, to the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so with with Esteban and 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 I made a note of this uh, when when Aaron Wright um, says dude Aaron Wright's rant Aaron, yeah awesome. um, <laughs> where was it uh, it's so accurate so yeah, accurate so, but he's still a snake so like there's only so much enjoyment I get no I mean dude is an asshole I hate him but, but like he's not wrong <laughs> but the like, rant was awesome that's like the best kind of villain where you're like where you're like I hate them. But they also kind of have a point. Um, so uh, Aaron Wright talking about how dumb Esteban is uh, and, and basically saying, like, he will parrot back the last person he heard. Um, yeah. You know, and then he even says, I fought to save Earth. You fought to save yourself. Um, as Aaron Wright says this. And so Aaron Wright also has this sort of self-assuredness thing, but he kind of comes at it from a place of... Um, this he is way too sure of himself and sort of uh, he's on a power trip he's on a power trip so his decision is obviously going to be the best one he thinks he's being altruistic whereas somebody like uh like esteban he kind of doesn't he is making decisions for himself that affect everyone whereas aaron wright is making decisions for everyone but in a very selfish way does that make sense uh but no they affect a lot of people though yeah, no, exactly. Like, both of them are making decisions that affect a lot of fucking people. And they, you know, neither of them sort of has the temperament uh, and or intelligence um, to sort of should be in that position, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Esteban's a fucking moron. And I love that Aaron Wright at least called him out on it. Like, Aaron Wright's like, yeah, I am guilty of treason, but you're an idiot. So... Yeah. But it's like he's still deflecting. That's the thing. Like, it's like, there's only so much enjoyment I can get because in that moment, like, he's completely he's still like, deflecting to Anna that, like, oh, but look at this buffoon. Like, whatever. Like, yes, I did this. Yes, I'm the one. That, that's all my fault. Yes, yes, yes. But look at this guy. He's just going to, like, do this. And then he walks away <laughs> when he's, like, the shit, uh-huh. the original shitster. Like, who he, cares what this, like, side man did? Like, I mean, he, it, he, nobody would be in this place without him. Yes, he is the original shitster, but at the same time, like, I think that he's also making a valid point to say, you know, yes, I am the shitster, and now, you know, but but even if you remove me, even if I'm gone, you're still stuck with this fucking idiot. Um, yeah. 
you know, so... Yeah, I, I get what Bosa says, like, it's deflectionary tactics. Yeah, because, like, even, like, right. if you get rid of like, Aaron right from the beginning, you still just have this buffoon who's, what, going to, like, put a few bad policies. But, like, now I mean, with, like, the shitster, me. like, he, everything's yeah. just, like, ballooned into a problem because <laughs> of him. Um, but, like, yes, it's true, and it's totally true. It would have been more satisfying had someone else said it, but, like, I do see the beauty in him being the one that says it. Yeah. Because of his vague objective that I'm still not sure what it is. Yeah, was. I'm still not sure. Like, I also still don't really know why they f- wanted to fire the proto-molecule at Mars. Well, yeah, what is the end game? Like, because game? that, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, maybe they weren't aware of how destructive the proto-molecule is, but, like, that would be a bad idea. Like, with a capital B and a capital I. Like, like they see it as, like, they see it as a flesh-eating virus. Right? I mean, it's, I guess. How can they not know how destructive it is? They saw arrows. Well, but it's like nuclear warheads. Like, we, we'll shoot those off and they, like, ruin the ground for, like, years oh, and years and years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bonsai. Um, <laughs> so I think, like, they see it as, like, they're short-sighted. It is, like, the short-sighted, like, oh, yeah, Mars. Like, well, they're getting powerful, so we have to, like think like two steps ahead of them and what's that like well we got to take them out while we can and so like i think that that's their mentality that like they see everything as a threat that you take out an entire planet world yeah um so they think like let's just take them out like we have this like history of like this happened and this happened and like we could just get ahead of it like you know it's like again like that exertion of like power like we can do it we should do it it's the right thing to do like um, when really it's, it's just like a changing, evolving world. Yeah. It, it ends up as like a really nice sort. Is this number two? This is number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's also like what you're saying, though, is actually a really good setup for where we come back, you know, in this, what is it, three or six month time jump. I think it's mm-hmm. six months, right? Uh, when we come back to the show, because all of a sudden it does actually require humanity to sort of link up because you're like, oh, fuck, there is something non-human suddenly. And yeah. so, you know, it does sort of, it, it, it was kind of a nice thing to sort of, or not nice, like whatever. It was, a, it was a nice sort of like little setup to have all of these factions of people sort of fighting amongst each other when us, you know, we as the viewer can sort of sit back and be like, y'all are making a mistake. Yeah. You and you and you and you. And then we kind of see that sort of, you know, that payoff, uh, you know, when we I'm gesturing wildly in my office um, <laughs> I can when we it. when when we do get further into, um, you know, yeah, when the ring shows up. And it's like the, the Harambe saying, like, um, let them just shoot amongst themselves. Like if we like attack, then they'll unite themselves. So it's kind of like everyone needs a common enemy. To everyone be needs an enemy to fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we see that yeah. flip, and now, now we have this. I guess it's not an enemy. Well, kind of, it's an enemy. Enemy. <laughs> um, enemy <laughs> that enemy. they don't know. It's more that they know about this dark. I guess we'll get there when we get there. Um, but yeah, it does unite everyone. You're right. So while we're talking about the UN and the dark, so Joe has this. Colin, what is this whistling in the dark about Avicenna? Oh my god, that was such a great scene in the elevator. <laughs> I loved that. So, so oh. first of all, we we had this moment of humor where, like, you know, well, it, uh, Holden's talking about putting a water, growing a watermelon in a box, and it came out square, and they're just kind of like <laughs> shooting the shit out of about nothing, and literally Naomi's making like, conversation to pass yeah. like the thirty seconds in the elevator. It was super weird, but like kind of funny, and like Holden's face is busted up, and it's just a weird little scene, and then Naomi asking like. 
are they hypoxic? Which was also just a funny line to begin with. Um, because, you know, when you get hypoxic, when you have low oxygen, like everything becomes funny and weird and you don't make any sense, which like that was just funny. But then are we hypoxic? We, yes, yes. Um, Yes, the oxygen is very low in this room. Um, but then when Avasarala says, uh, no, they're whistling in the dark, that's, um, like, for all of her, like, privilege and fanciness on Earth with her, you know, she doesn't get her hands dirty, like, not actually dirty, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't yeah, until... she's prissy. Uh, she's she's prissy. prissy. She, like, knows and, like, has probably read so many stories of, like, war and combat and being a soldier and all that, you know, that, like, she can sort of recognize this sort of, this self-coping that happens, you know, with groups of people who are terrified, mm-hmm. um, you know, of, of this, this dark unknown. And so, you know, you whistle in, in the dark to not be alone, to, you know, to listen to it, you know, echo off the walls around you, to know what's around you, Um you know, it's, it's this, it, they're self-soothing. And I just, I love that moment. It was kind of one of my favorite moments of this show because it, it was both funny and then sort of sad. Endearing. It was, I feel like it's like the lasagna scene where mm-hmm. they're like, you, it's like a bonding moment that like, it, once I shut up, um, <laughs> <laughs> it has, I don't know. It just like, it feels like it has deeper meaning that it, like it ties them together because <laughs> They were. It was self. It was self soothing. Soothing, but it was like group self. Self. Yeah. It was just I like a sweet character moment, but also kind of serious. <laughs> I love like holding them being like it tasted the same. <laughs> like it was square. It cool story, bro. <laughs> uh, did that answer your non question, um, Shaheen? What was my non question? Exactly. <laughs> Whistling in the dark. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, no, that was about your comment because uh, I was just moving along um, to all UN characters. Um, speaking of which, um, we all seem to have something to say about Kotiar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kotiar. Um, so Beautiful you guys round. were sad that he died. I was, I liked, I liked his last words because um, he was like, I would have said something smart, but. I'm dying right now, and I have I have, can't even think. That's can't like be I was like that's exactly what that's exactly what people would say, right? Like it felt very real. So much pressure. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I did like the moment though before when when um, I think it was when the it was in the scene when the soldier came in like trying to like you know the the female soldier came in and like mm-hmm. shot the dude uh, with Cotier like tied up or you know still still handcuffed to the to the med bay chair or whatever and mm-hmm. she, you know her saying I don't even know what we're fighting for was that was that that scene am I misremembering mm-hmm. that and like right. talk about a thesis for the show like because yeah. you have these groups of soldiers who are just told to fight. And for them to be like, I don't know what I'm actually fighting for. And then you have a group like like the Rossi who have purpose, who are soldiers, but kind of gave up sort of being commanded by anyone and found their own purpose. I just kind of I liked that that being sort of overtly said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The the thesis of the hundred is there are no good guys. The thesis of the expense is I don't even know what we're fighting for. Yeah. I think that's a good breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's like, um, fuck, I don't remember what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> oh, when she comes in, yeah, she says, like, I don't even know what we're fighting for. Um, I think this goes back into, like, why I liked the mutiny so much. And I think I wrote this in my note, my very sparse notes. Um, but, like, I have such a hard time with, like, 
just follow orders or like that's the way it's always been done or like well that's the law um because i'm always just like well but it's wrong (laughs) so i well actually i was thinking when i saw that i was like what the fuck kind of military is this like you you but that's the thing with the military. You're sub, su- you, what your superior says. You're supposed to do – that's, like, the thing. Like, you're supposed to do what you're told and, like, not ask questions. Yeah, that's military. But, like, I hate that. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So when she says that, it's just, like – and the mutiny, I was just like, yes. People being like, what the fuck? Why are we doing this? Let's not do this. Let's do what makes sense. Like, I love that. And I feel like – I think you can have a military with people still being like, wait, but why? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is actually um, a very interesting question that I often think about. And this is a question that um, comes up in Credo, Mm -hmm. uh, one of Plato's dialogues, where Socrates is in prison waiting to be executed um, for bogus uh, crimes that they made up impiety and corrupting the youth of Athens or whatever. Um, and the, his um, students or whatever, they come in and they say, hey, dude, Socrates, we've bribed the guard and we found like a hole in the wall or whatever. Let's get out of here. Um, and he goes on and on talking about how the law uh, must be followed even if it's... Uh, the, just, ju- the just thing is to follow the law even if you think that uh, it's not good or it's against you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes through with the execution, even if, even though he had a chance to get out, and even though he, he thought the, the course decision was bogus. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, what was the moral of the story? That's just Everything's Socrates. terrible? I mean, I didn't tell you what the arguments are, but he makes a lot of arguments for why. Um this should be the case. So uh, you, uh, you should read Credo, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. So Socrates is, is, you hate Socrates, in other words, it sounds like. Do I? Um, Damn it. Yeah, because you hate people who say that uh, you should follow the law simply because it's the law. Well, I, That's what law is. To an extent, I understand um, like the whole due process thing, I understand like why some things I'm like, okay, well that, okay, that makes sense. But like, there's just so, there's always parts where it fails and I don't think our, um, tools to counteract when it fails are enough for me to think that it works by itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of one of my favorite Shaheen responses is the like long pause and the Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know why you guys read so much into that. <laughs> um, that's just me being happy that I heard your view and I have no objection. Yeah, thanks for translating. I will take that translation into account moving forward. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Anything else about um Kotiar? So what are we talking Kotiar? about? <laughs> um, oh, he's so handsome. Why did he die? Maybe there will be someone else handsome oh. in Why the next season. Why can't he come back like Miller? I don't even like Miller. Is Kotiar handsome? Yeah. I don't get that. His I, head is so round. 
I don't know. I, I don't even know, I know that's that a thing. Here's the thing. You always say that as a selling point. You're like, every time <laughs> okay. we bring up Kotir, you say he's hot. He has a round head. And I am like, is this some straight thing that I don't get? Like, is a round head a desirable no, but he he's just very like and like I think like his personality is really great. I will like, say the character's like, so personality is great. Um and smart and like I, I think there's there's this moment where like for most people not for most people, like generally I can be like, cool, so this boy like obviously I can say, I think that this girl is attractive. And like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the times I can say, sure, like that dude is objectively attractive, or you know, I might even think he's attractive, whatever. But I feel like there, 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 like falls into this valley sometimes where you know maybe it's the gay or something where I'm like I don't know if that's an attractive dude like and yet somehow it you know makes somebody tingle and I'm like her really um, egg egg um, and so yeah so like he's I, one of them and and so your explanation of his head is round gives me no additional information as to why he is attractive I'm like you are stating an objective fact I. Okay. He, he just makes it look good. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a gay for you. It's a gay thing for me. It's a guy thing. Like I, I don't you, you were not attracted to men with round heads, Shaheen. I don't get it. All right. Well. Why? It's the guy. I, if anything, I think he looks kind of stupid. Oh. Anyway, like he looks like a dumb, so, a dumb dude. <laughs> just, just, I don't know. Well, no. Bubs does have a th- or Bubs Bubs does have a thing for dumb hot. So no, I don't. <laughs> I don't like dumb hot. Like because, for example. Um, what's his face from Magic Mike, who a lot of Channing straight Tatum. girls like. Channing Tatum. I'm not into him. I think his eyes are too close together and he looks dumb. <laughs> I love that the podcast has devolved into hot or not. <laughs> let's, uh, Move okay, it along. let's talk about Amos. Let's talk about Amos. A speaking bit. of hot. <laughs> speaking of dumb hot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, speaking of dumb hot, dumb hot Amos. Um, so Amos had some interesting moments where he was saying nothing, and there was not no real expression on his face. But it was a very meaningful moment because it was Amos being told that he's someone's best oh friend. Oh my god! Or, In the whole or world, it's like someone <laughs> trusted him with their with their little girl. And it's like, no, like, this doesn't feel good at all. It's eight, no. Well, Joe's been going on about their friendship. And, like, to to be honest, like, when I um, when I first watched this season, I was like, yeah, they're cool. It's fine. It's Like, I like them. Um, and so I wasn't, like, head over heels with the friendship until this episode of The Best Friend and you just see Amos. And it's like, oh, my God, I paused and around like, six times. <laughs> Well, so so the scene where he's teaching Prax to shoot in the, in the episode before, like any other TV show, that would be like some serious romantic coding. Like, oh, don't you I guys, know it. Don't you guys always it. push back about that, in, you know, with Bellamy teaching Clark to shoot. <laughs> Day trip, you know. And so, you know, A, that's sort of some romantic coding. B, Prax just basically like said that Amos was good with kids and, you know, like, he, look, you you are a, a, pers- a prospective mate, um, you know, oh to, God, to help me raise me my orphan this? child. Are you uh, making me ship I'm this? making you ship Amos and Prax. Do you not? Do you <gasps> feel it? So what would their ship name be? Pramos? Pramos? Oh, that's good. Pramos? 
Yeah, no, Premos. I think that that's... that's or Amax. 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 Amax? Premos? Amax. I don't know. Fans. Three people who listen to our podcast. Let us know which... Amrax? That sounds like anthrax. Yeah, it does. No. Um, But point (laughs) is, like... They had those moments, and then, you know, Amos is constantly, like, trying to, like, take care. Like, Prax is totally, like, you know, he, Prax is the widow with the child who, like, was rescued on the prairie by Amos. You know, he, like, Amos teaches Prax to shoot. He protects him. He he teaches him about the spaceship. I know, exactly. And so then, you know, you're my best friend in the whole world. A, weird idiom to still use when, you know... You are not living on a world, but that's Here's a separate your issue. New dad. He's, he's your new dad. Like, look, you have two dads now, May. <laughs> Sorry, you were so not comforted lucky. by it, Shaheen. <laughs> Wait, why doesn't? Yeah, no, I was like, dude, that's not a good idea. Why? Amos no, like, totally uh, likes kids. Oh yeah, definitely. Have Has anybody seen the movie? Oh fuck, now I can't remember what it's called. But it was on Netflix, and it was about um, another planet, and like. A zombie slash. Oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> this is I. I have no idea what this z- zombie zombies on planet. So it was an Australian movie. Maybe it was on HBO. Um, but I thought I saw it on Netflix. But it was about um a futuristic thing where um we had like started colonizing other planets, and on one of them, um. A, the, there's, like, a military unit there. It's, like, mostly, like, a prison. Um, it's, like, the Australia of the future. Oh, my God, it was the Australia of the future. I didn't even pick up on that being an Australian movie. But, anyways, <laughs> um, so on that um, colony, they had started testing um, these creatures, which you find out are, like, people who have been um, uh, infected with this thing that makes them look like the... The gatekeepers from the fifth element, you know, like all hunchy. The turtle people? The turtle people, yes. Exactly. The turtle like penguin the turtle people? people? Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> but they're like cannibal. Yes, the fifth with- element totally counts as our 90s movie reference. Yes. Anything else. <laughs> Even though I've used it other times before. But the fifth element is just. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that movie so much. Um, but so the turtle people, but instead of being like these, um, peaceful monk-type creatures of the universe, they are, like, zombie-type creatures that kill everything in their path. And so the whole point of their creation was, so when um, we tried to colonize new planets that had um, resistant... Um, Inhabitants? Local, yeah, local fauna. <laughs> um, these creatures just, like, decimated them. Or just, no, not decimated. Like, completely eradicated them. And so, but... They get loose. <laughs> and anyways, the whole point is that one of them sort of adopts a child. And that's the end of the movie. I'm so sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but I didn't give a lot of other details. Anyways. Um, so Amos is in it. violent turtle penguin man. Yes. Yes, he is. But, like, he loves her. He's her dad now. <laughs> so it's the prof- so it's the professional. Yes. Which that actually does. Oh my god, the professional, <laughs> which was like weirdly creepy and sexual at times. Yeah, I need but to also Natalie that, Portman's so adorable. It was a good movie. Um, I didn't so- pick up on the sexual stuff until I was an adult and was like, that's creepy. Yeah. Mm. Um. Sorry, sorry, you didn't like Amos with the kids, Shaheen. 
Oh my god, he is yeah. such a good dad. He's like this team snack bomb. I did love the moment though, like um, <clears throat> when Amos was like actually proved himself as the best friend and stopped Prax from killing the mad scientist. Oh like, my god, yes. yeah. you're no, that's not that another, guy. Like, Joe, to your credit, that's like another like romantic type trope where the, right? the, you're like saving no, someone's soul, basically. No, 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 let me do it. Like that's something like like that's I don't some want that. Shit. I don't want that on your conscience. Yeah, yeah. It's romantic as fuck. They're gonna bang. I hope so. Um, and why? Why did they kill the? The mad scientist? Because he's a mad guy. scientist. You can't trust him. Just out of... Like my uh, ex-boyfriend. Revenge. He reminded me of. <laughs> <laughs> out of... I think it was revenge, because, like, pa- Prax had already said that he wanted to kill him, and Amos was like, all right, man. And then, like, when the moment came to it, like, Amos, you know, knew that that shouldn't be something that Prax had to do. But, like, I think would... But I think that he knew that, that Prax needed to know that that guy was dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, anything else about 306? Um, I hold on, I had some stuff. Character growth from Naomi, which we already talked about. Yeah. Um, and I loved, sorry, I loved the moment, speaking of Amos and kids, and you know how I dislike kids, but this <laughs> moment, when at the very end when we got to see, um, you know, the ring slash jellyfish slash balloon start to emerge from, from uh, Venus... And Amos is, like, literally pouring milk over cereal to orphans, medical lab, you know, medical test subject orphans. And he just says, what the fuck is that? Like, that was just peak Amos to me. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me the word fuck has been normalized in the future, in the 2300s. But I like that we don't know that for sure. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) what the fuck is that? Because, like, yeah, like, the Secretary General says it, it's just, like, it could be in a speech, it's fine, you know, it's kind of like idiocracy. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I like the Joe, you again, know. it's a scene where none of the children speak, and that was acceptable to you. <laughs> yeah, everyone's sitting there quietly eating their cereal. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You, you give him your child, that's what happens. <laughs> he'll, fe- he'll teach, he'll him, teach him dirty words as they eat their Captain Crunch. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Do we want, like, I feel bad that we didn't, like, just mention two seconds of Bobby Draper in her fucking... Oh, my God! In her fucking Martian okay, I feel space like we were saving that We were saving that for the end, because, like... That was gonna be my part of... When you related to my will, actually. No. You're about to well actually Bobby being a badass? But, no, go ahead. I mean... Probably no, that was... By all means. Oh. Um, it was... It was just cool. Like, we... Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Like... Well, she's such a hero. Like, she's yeah. such a hero. She and, like, is the male action, you know, hero of the show. She... Except, like, she's this, like, burly uh, New Zealander, just, like, yeah, whooping ass. Yeah, just loves cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I love the scene. Her jetpacks are awesome. Right? Yeah, they are. Like, her suit is very cool. <laughs> I love that it's, like, a part of her. Like, she grew into it like a plant. <laughs> Who said that? Like a watermelon into a square box. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> I 
I love that. But, like, so, um, that scene where they go in and, like, you know that there's going to be some resistance because, like, Mao and that, like, sketchy doctor, um, were talking about it. And so, like, so you see everyone, like, take cover when they start getting shot at. And she just, like, walks into the middle and everyone's like, how many are there? And she's like, there's four. Boop, 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 boop. Dead. Let's go. Like, it's just... It was so comical because it's like one of those moments where you're reminded that what it means for the um, what it means that she is a marine. Yeah. Mars. <laughs> so so fun little production note, and then and then obviously like we can move on. But like so the the scene where she's like trying to like get away from the proto molecule hybrid, and she like sort of zooms up that ladder. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that part? Yeah. So apparently while they were filming that, because I watched a little behind the scenes thing, um, mm-hmm. they set up the the rigging, you know, the, the the little like pulley system, you know, to like pull her up or whatever. But they actually didn't um, count, like didn't add to the fact of the 40 pound suit that she was wearing. And so um, it could have gone very poorly. <gasps> uh, yeah. Like it could have like zipped her up, you know, three stories uh, and and dropped her, uh, but it didn't. So, ta-da, oh, she's that, that okay. That is good. That is, that is very good. Oh, my God, I'd be so sad. <laughs> right? Like, oops. Oh. Just a little oops. Um, okay, that's all I got. Did somebody get fired? So, that's perfect segue to my will, actually. Oh, see? Um, setting them up so for that, you, Shaheen. It's like T-ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, no, actually, I said it. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, so it's like T-ball. You're just playing with yourself. You, you set it up um. for yourself, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, no, so the, the scene with, um, Gunny and the hybrid, uh, was awesome and everything, but at the end, so the way that she ended up defeating the hybrid or killing it was... Blowing off his brainstem? His head, but I didn't think that, the, that it was, I didn't think of the hybrid as, like, having a brain and things like that, as we talked about, the protomolecules, all of it is one intelligent being, but so I think it's... It doesn't have a brain that you can shoot and then... I don't think no. it was done with its transformation. Yeah. So it's all the brainstem in there for, like, the central nervous system wasn't working anymore once she shot it. Right? I mean, I, I think I think that we're meant to, to read that as more human, like, still, like, 60-40, maybe? Like, human? Well, I definitely had, like, <laughs> because it... <laughs> when that whole thing was happening, I kind of was like, is it kind of still Katoa? And he's like, oh my god, why are you shooting me? <laughs> like, it just, I felt like he, he was like a little bit like, not sure why he was being shot at and like confused. Because <laughs> he did, I mean, did he really like, did he attack her? Or was he just kind of like, being like, no, you're the only human I see. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got. That's but, the vibe that I got, and it was a little bit like I was still like on her side because I knew that it he it was, was not going to end well either way. Yeah, and so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yep. What was your will actually, Joe? Um, so mine was how was the milk pouring? Like when <laughs> this is the Amos. Yeah, when Amos was pouring. Don't get me wrong. I obviously love that moment, but how was the milk pouring? Again, sometimes Pour they. Produce gravity. Yeah. Um, no, but 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 I don't accelerating the ship is wait is is the Rossi big enough to produce gravity? Just just spin. It has nothing to do with size. It has to do with acceleration. 
So it has to or spin. be able to accelerate. Oh, so the reason why in the later scene, in the later episodes, when um, the big Mormon vessel can can have gravity is because they still have like they can they actually have a big thing to create to create artificial gravity through like r- rotation of that ring yeah. versus these other so ships that need to be moving quickly or something. Yeah. To create gravity. So uh, linear acceleration is, is change of... So they're both examples of change of velocity. So velocity is, uh, you know, speed plus direction, right? So if it if it's magnitude, cha- magnitude changes, that's called linear acceleration. And if it's direction changes, that's uh, rotational acceleration. And th- either way, you, you get a gravity effect. This is what made Einstein think about general relativity. It's mm-hmm. called the principle of equivalence. That accelerating is equivalent is equivalent to gravity. This is a very fascinating fact about reality. It doesn't have to be this way. Um, so, yeah. Cool. That's how they produce gravity. Okay. <laughs> that was me listening and saying, okay. <laughs> no, but no. It, you're uh, you're making me taste my own. <laughs> but no, it's like the practical, um, the practical. What's it called? Experiment would be like if you put a, a piece of paper on your hand and like ran with it, it would stay in your hand as long as you kept running. But the second you like stop, it's gonna fall to the ground, and that's like. So- acceleration yeah i mean when you're sitting in a car and the car is going at constant speed and smoothly um it, you can you feel like you're standing still it's almost uh, the same as standing still mm-hmm. but if the car starts to speed up or slow down you feel it that's when you you feel it right that's yeah. when you get pushed back or get pushed forward that's acceleration that's the gravity that you feel you're being pulled neat <laughs> yeah. Science. So, uh, other thoughts? Did you, did you have any well actually's bubs? Oh yeah, um, there's nothing on the. Uh, there's nothing on sheet, the list. So, but um, and I don't. I can't think of anything. So I guess not. I don't have one. <laughs> well, actually, you ship well, Prax actually, and Amos now. <laughs> I do. Yes. Well, actually, I do ship it. Oh. <laughs> um. I would like to point out. Uh, Despite my my constant ranting of the it makes no sense why Alex has a southern accent, um, the <laughs> fact that they had him saying "bless his heart" uh, <laughs> on the on on the Agatha um, is such like a peak southern moment of like <laughs> sort of hidden fuck you because um, you don't say "bless your heart" if if you've done something sort of right like you say it uh, in a like sort of backhanded it's piteous <laughs> yeah you're just kind of like oh you fucking idiot like oh bless your heart moron um <laughs> it's 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 delightful um, like, so she wore periwinkle on wednesday bless her heart <laughs> oh my god that's your southern accent yes i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm really bad at accents with apologies to everyone below the mason oh. dixon <laughs> also his last name i've is never Kamal. been wait what his last name is Kamal. Alex? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, and he's Iranian, the, the actor. Yes, I f- yes. I feel like they but, do um, they do a nice job, like, mixing up people's, um, like, sort of, uh, like, or, like, cultural and ethnic origins of their first and last names in this. Like, like all the Hispanic people are white. Esteban, um, uh-huh. Lopez, they're both yeah. white men. <laughs> 
But, like, I guess it's sort of like, you know, in the future, people of different families, like, you know, married and shit, well, I guess. Some people from Mexico look that way. I mean, yeah. Bob's uh, is white. Like me. Like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got blonde hair and blue eyes, and I... My my parents took um, their DNA tests, so my dad had 27% Native American blood, meaning, like, Native Mexican blood, and my mom had 17%. That's huh. a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not a small amount. Yeah. That's pretty cool. cool. <laughs> Any TV shows to recommend? You can go first, Bubs. I didn't write one in, but I know one. Um, so I will say this this has probably come up before, but I'm finally trying to finish Magicians. The Magicians? Magicians? The okay. Magicians. Um, and I guess like, I kind of like hit a stall in late season one into yeah. se- season two. And so I restarted season two. And I was like, oh, this is kind of delightful. Like, this is okay. Um, And then I got to this one episode where they do a Les Miserables musical number. (laughs) And I was like, stop. I watched it like 20 times. And it was so good every single time. And so I have to say that, like, it is it is like a very fun show um, in some episodes. And so now I'm, I'm really trying to finish it. But, like, I do... That is one of my shows for people who like weird stuff that makes sense in world. You know, like... That's a good way of describing it, because the show leans so hard into its own brand. Yeah. And I, you're I, like, all right. Yeah, it's it's kind of like... Um, I've said this before. Oh, like, so, like, 12 Monkeys, where it made that episode where um, the character Jennifer sings... Um, pink, oh, 99... Oh, Pink. Sorry, I thought... Pink we were, to Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> so it sings a pink song to Hitler... And you're like, no other show could make this, like, work. And it works so well. And so I think, like, the And I'd argue that that's a spoiler. But, like, at the same time, (laughs) yes, it is. But it's also really not. Because to get to that point, like... It's it's literally a... um, What's it called? A... It's like a, a a flower in the room. It's just like a nice little touch. <laughs> There's like a lot of stuff going on that's that I won't spoil. So spoilers? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Joe? Um. So what the fuck were we watching lately? Um. I think the, the oh, Miss Maisel. I, yeah, Miss Maisel. We we've been watching the the what is it called? The amazing Miss Maisel. The fabulous Miss Maisel. The, we, the amazing Mrs. No, Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel um, yeah. It's uh, it's on Netflix. The first two seasons are available. It's not at all what I expected. Um, it's it's by Amy. What is her last name? Paladino or something? Uh, Amy same woman. Something Paladino. Yeah, Paladino. Um, so she's the one who did Gilmore Girls. So it's very fast Humor talking Paladino? and stuff. Maybe. Uh, Sherman. Um, Sherman. Amy, Amy Sherman, Sherman Paladino. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we got um, so uh, Gilmore Girls was not really for me. It was a little too um, girly, for lack of a better word. Um, it is girly. Yeah. It is very girly. But this show is, uh, it's not at all what I expected. It took like an episode or two to sort of lay out where it was going. Um, and it's just, it's very cozy. Uh, it's delightful. It kind of, as I recommended to you guys the, 
uh, Miss Murders or Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery. Yes. Um, it's also a period show. This one is set in like the fifties. Um, it's and very it has, like, Jewish. More vibe, like I it feel totally like it has does. More vibe. Um, it's it's super culturally and religiously Jewish. Which as a as as, as a fellow Jew, I'm just kind of like, oh look, <laughs> look, there. I, I get that joke. I get it. Look, it a joke a for me. Niche of a show. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's cute. It's cozy. It's funny. Um, it's it's, you know, yeah, just give it's it a watch. It's laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Not to be that, like, annoying critic because, like, it's laugh out loud funny. But it really is. It, like, I have genuinely chuckled out loud watching this show. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking for something that's sharp and funny. And, and get through the first episode because I feel like the first episode is, like, a little bit tough at times. Especially, like, I don't know. I, I tried watching it three times and it wasn't until, like, my sister forced me to watch like the first like three episodes that I was like oh my god okay next one <laughs> yeah no I'm addicted now like we yeah, uh, after really we this good. podcast I'm it. I'm gonna get ready for bed and we're gonna watch another episode oh um, I did, did I tell you real. I told you I was yeah. going to the screening of um season two <gasps> remember yeah I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so I, um, so because I live in New York City and like I ran, I think because I went to the IFC movie theater at one point and I wrote like a review for the the movie um, Rare Exports, I somehow got on this list where I get from time to time I get like screening invites. And, but most of them are like just with a room of other people who are um, cheap and don't want to buy movie tickets. Um, and we basically just see a movie for free. And I think there's like press there too. Um, I've had some cool experiences where I've gotten to answer questions and be part of, like, a panel of, like, people giving feedback. But, like, mostly it's just, like, a regular movie. Um, but so this one, like, I thought was, like, a regular movie. Um, and then I was reading my ticket because I actually invited my sister to go to this one because I know that she loves it so much. And I was reading my ticket, and it said, Dress to Impress. And then I had a coworker. I was like, dressed from, okay, whatever. Like, whatever, you know? And then I had a coworker who was like, oh my God, yeah, on the way into work, I saw them setting up for Miss Maisel Ball. And I was like, setting up? Setting up what? Because like, normally it's just like in a movie theater. But this one did happen to be the movie theater that's next to the Plaza Hotel, which I've never been to. They only like show like art house movies and like um, independent films. Um, I was like, well, that's interesting. So, after work, I was, like, trying to waste time because I didn't want to stand in line for a long time in the freezing winter cold to go into the screening. But then I get there, and there's, like, they're setting up, like, a bar and, like, a red carpet. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, are the, <laughs> are the people from the show going to be here? Were they there? Um, well, let me finish the story. So, anyways, I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the, um, there's, like, a cafeteria under the Plaza Hotel. So, I went, I, I went to, like, go get, like, dinner, and I ate, like, this pizza thing. And, um, my sister gets there, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go get in line. So, we go, we're trying, I'm like, I, I could not figure out, like, what line we were supposed to be in. So, I was like, hey, so, what, we have tickets for this, like, where, where do we get in line? And so, eventually, someone's like, wait, can I see your tickets? And they're like, oh, you're definitely not going to get in. And I was like, what? I was like, why do I have tickets? And they're like, well, it's the, the line is like the whole block. Like, you're not going to get in. Oh, my and God. So, we didn't even stay in line to see if we could get in. We're like, fuck it. Like, I don't want to. It was too cold. Like, it was too cold. So I did this... not get into the screening of Mrs. Basil. And the whole point of this is to say that it is excellent. And people waited in the cold for three hours to go to the free screening of it. And so should you watch it on Amazon from the comfort of your bedroom? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's on Amazon, not Netflix. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. Okay. Sorry, Shaheen. Continue. I know for the long story. That was cool. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Um, perfect. So my, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh-huh. I can tell that that's him trying to have a better response. It's not, okay, great. <laughs> uh-huh. I accept it. Um, so my show to recommend is 3%. Is that the Brazilian show? Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. Some people recommended it to us on Twitter, and I haven't gotten around to watching it. So please I saw tell season us. one. You did? I liked it. Yeah, um, but I have not I thought seen season I, for two. For once, I, I found a show that you guys haven't heard of. Well, I haven't, I haven't heard about it. Educate me, Shaheen. Tell us about it, yeah. Um, well, the world is divided into inland and offshore, and only 3% of people go to live, get to go to live on the offshore. And the offshore is like this perfect society that some people created at some point. And this is the this. opposite of The Descendants, if anyone has seen that made-for-TV movie on Disney Channel. <laughs> Uh, I have not. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Descendants and Descendants too. <laughs> it don't worry, Shaheen. It is not up your alley. It is a musical with <laughs> <It's> children. <probably. laughs> yes, uh, it is. I like Disney musicals. Um, I, I will send you all of the links. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if anyone wants to talk Descendants, at Bubbles a Love on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's pretty much it. And it's there's like a there's a pretty. Um, sort of grueling test that they have to go through to be selected. 3% of them get selected. And, it's a cool uh, test. And uh, <laughs> and there's a whole, like, their entire culture is formed around this. Like, they, it's a religion for them. They all have children with the aim of sending them. They, it's called the process, the test that they have to go through. They raise their children with, with one purpose, to, like, pass the process or whatever. Um, it's pretty cool. And, um, that actually seems kind of like really interesting. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And it's, um, I mean, season two is also pretty good, so it doesn't lose quality. And, uh, yeah, it's, oh, it gets What is pretty... season two about? Because I know I saw season one and I'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. it, but is it, do we have the same, I'll just ask, I'll ask specific questions. Are there any <laughs> of the same characters? A, B, mm-hmm. Are we doing a second test process? And you can say yes or no answers. <laughs> and that's 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 my two questions. <laughs> um, so those are spoilers, I guess. Um, well, okay. yeah, there's all the same. It's all the same characters. Okay. Um, so then, don't answer question two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, and there's a process every year. You know that, right? So there's yeah. every year, everyone. It's like 20. the Hunger Games, I guess, too. Yeah, everyone turns it, twenty, it goes through the process, and it just either gets whatever. Anyway, so that's my show. Uh, cool. Any uh, well, next week we're gonna be talking about. Well, not next week, probably. Oh, next okay, next time. time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> next time we'll ta- uh, continue our rewatch of uh, the Expanse. Talk about three hundred seven and three hundred eight. And uh, yeah, uh, come. Find us on Twitter uh, or find Joe on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> you could for be listening. on Twitter too. Yeah, uh, I mean, yell at me. I will come. Uh, Joe will tell me, and I will come uh, respond. Yeah. So usually, <laughs> yeah. like, if if somebody like tweets us a specific question for Shaheen or whatever, we'll run and tell like, that. I'll I'll tell I'll we'll I'll tag him and he'll or whatever. He'll appear and uh, yeah, stay stuff. I'll show up. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening, and maybe geek again. Bye, everyone. Bye.